Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for August the 15th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're also convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. The elephant in the room is you're saying, Sam, it's 8 o'clock uh, mountain time. What are you talking about the first hour? That's the second hour, isn't it? No longer true. We have now moved Liberty Roundtable Live to be one hour later. So instead of it being 7 to 9 a.m. Mountain Time, 9 to 11 Eastern, it's now 8 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time, 10 to noon Eastern Time. You say, Sam, why the change? Answer, because I need more sleep is one of the reasons. After COVID, ladies and gentlemen, I just have so many, what do you want to call it, long-haul COVID symptoms to where I've got to get more sleep so that I can try to completely beat this thing. Uh, it is disaster, folks. This This weapon which we'll get to later in the broadcast, this bioweapon is just absolutely out of control. And uh, we beat it. We're not dead. They tried to kill me and Scott Bradley, but we survived nevertheless. Uh, but, man, it's brutal. That's one reason. There's a lot of other reasons related to travel, uh, related to the West Coast, the show being so early, uh, related to mountain time zone and travel and all kinds of other things. There's a lot of reasons. There also is a reason that we do the TV show, simulcast with Liberty Roundtable Live every Tuesday morning. And when it was the second hour, because the TV folks don't have news at the top of the hour, there's just no scramble time between the hours. So this will let us set up a little bit better for the TV show on Tuesday mornings as well. And hopefully the goal will be eventually to expand to more TV. Okay? But we've got to switch the hours to make that happen because there's got to be time to get set up and then transfer from... Uh, TV to radio and everything else. So th- we got a lot of work ahead of us. A lot of great things coming up, though, make no mistake. Now, last Saturday we did a rebroadcast, f- partly so that we could make all these transitions, and partly because I was out of town in Phoenix, Arizona. I went to event- an event called The Pit, which I'll explain to you later in the broadcast, hopefully if we get time. Uh, and it was an incredible event. And I've got a lot of update and news and information for you regarding that. But Friday's show, we had on Ken Cromar with us. And, of course, Ken Cromar's been abused by the IRS, and now his local government's abusing him. Please support Barbie and Ken versus Goliath IRS. If it can happen to Barbie and Ken, and now we have to add if it can happen to the former President Donald Trump, it can certainly happen to you. Miraclesingodwetrust.com to learn more about that. But we talked about the video Barbie and Ken got hit by a 75 team or 75 member SWAT team it only took like 30 to go into Donald Trump and Mar-a-Lago it took 75 to go after Ken wow AG uh, Merrick Garland says he's the one that approved the raid but he doesn't say who gave him authority or who asked him or you know he doesn't go into any detail he just said I did it we talked about how Fox acted to the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago 
We talked about the GOP railing against IRS funding and the Inflation Reduction Act. But I got a question. Why are the Republicans now using the raid on Mar-a-Lago to literally fundraise and get elected? All they say is, wow, this is criminal. This is shameful. Hey, elect us and we'll fix it. Well, if it's criminal and shameful and all that you claim, unprecedented and everything else, you don't have time to wait till November and pray on a wing and a prayer that you get elected to fix it. You've got to deal with criminal activity now. How do we know the government hasn't planted fake evidence against Donald Trump? The answer, we don't. We talked about Delta Force seizes IRS weapons. Similarities to the Barbie and Ken um, fiasco. Uh, what, is Barbie and Ken more dangerous than Donald Trump? What is it about Mar- Barbie and Ken that makes them so dangerous, etc.? We talked about that with Ken. Second hour, of course, we had Dr. Bradley with us, freedomrisingsun.com. And we talked about Attorney General Merrick Garland was sworn in in the 86th Attorney General on March 11th, 2021. And uh, this guy controls the 115,000 government employees. Yeah. So I asked the real question, could Donald Trump be in on the staged raid? Could this be the ultimate false flag? Could this be the Hegelian dialectic pulled off to a T? Move over, Newt, watch Donald Trump propose 18-point contract with America. Think about that, folks. It's very strange. I don't know if Donald's a friend or not, but I know this. It's very, very, very weird. The two narratives, and this is what we'll get into in seconds with today's show, the two narratives that were being told by the mainstream press, totally 180 degrees. How can both be true? Answer, they can't. We talked about Border Patrol agents have encountered a record number of almost 2 million illegals crossing the border. Illegal border crossings are out of control. But again, you know, you look at Donald Trump and you say he did a lot of good, didn't he? Yes. Okay. But how on the heels of how much good he did has 99% of it been unwound? We lost more liberty under Donald Trump than probably any president in America's history. Didn't we? With a lockdown, with the vaccine mandates. I mean, when in America have you not been able to go to church? Except for under the Donald Trump administration. Not even Biden has crossed that line yet, right? Isn't that interesting? Of course, it wasn't Donald. It was the governors, don't you know? It was just those bad governors, the state problem. What we need is more federal government, less state government. See see how the Hegelian dialectic works? Pretty soon it's like, oh, we need less less federal government, more state government. Now it's like, oh, man, the governors are out of control. We, I sure wish we could go with Donald. He wasn't doing that. But everything leads to more government in the Hegelian dialectic. Do you get it? Do you read me? And uh, now you've got everything with Donald is unprecedented action by somebody somewhere that takes us to an unknown territory. But what is known is the unknown. I'm sorry, what is known in the new, quote, unknown, uncharted territory is the supreme law of the land has checks and balances, and the supreme law works if we obey it. But in my opinion, when I look at Donald and when I look at the liberals and conservatives or left and right, the Republicans and Democrats, neither of them are embracing the supreme law of the land. It's just like which uh, wind-blowing fiasco do you want to embrace? Neither are truthful. Neither are legal and lawful. I digress. That is the recap of Friday's show. Saturday was an incredible event. I'll give you a quick update on that. We'll dig into that over the next several days in more detail. Bottom line is we met at what's called the pit. Why do they call it the pit? Because in Scripture it talks about when the wicked dig a pit for us, that pit will be reversed 
and apply to them. So we went to the pit in Phoenix with True the Vote and others, and we had an incredible one-day briefing on what Greg Phillips and Kathleen Engelbrecht have discovered as they've dug into election fraud. And the bottom line, what they've discovered is this, folks. The communist Chinese are in charge of our elections and are at the helm of a worldwide global election control mechanism. Yes, it's provable. What is it? A professor came over from communist China to America. He quickly became a naturalized citizen. He then started a company that controls really election systems in America. How, you may ask? Well, the servers running the whole thing are in the communist nation of China on the Chinese internet backbone. They run a database called Mongo. Uh, and that database is what controls all election records and information. They use this to control elections, folks, in a variety of ways. Okay? And I'll get into it in more detail. But the bottom line is when, when Engelbrecht and Phillips discovered all this, they brought all this to the attention of the FBI. The FBI and the Justice Department acted like they were working with Greg and Catherine. But they eventually turned on them and called Greg and Catherine the criminals. And it turns out the FBI and the Justice Department is in bed with the communist Chinese promoting and advocating for election fraud. Uh, they released this. They named the companies, the people, and they're working on a way for us to do more research into this. But there's simple ways you can validate a lot of what Catherine and Greg are saying. Simple ways. And I won't give you those ways right now because I, I, I'm... I got to organize all the information that I received. I got to, there's a lot to it. But suffice it to say, this is, this is fairly provable. There's a lot of research going into it. Uh, and why are Greg and Catherine being looked at as the criminals right now? That's the biggest issue that we've got going. Bottom line is Greg and Catherine have um, kind of done an endpoint and said, hey, we got to cap this off. We've got to work on other things. We need the American people and media and researchers to really start to dig and get to the bottom of what the heck is going on here and see what we can do to expose it and do something about it. So, as you know, the government has had fusion centers for quite some time in America, especially after 9-11. They put together Homeland Security, an unconstitutional agency. The Republicans did it, don't you know? And they eventually created these fusion centers. There's about 81 of them across America. And these fusion centers act as a, quote, liaison or a clearinghouse of information between local law enforcement, FBI, government, state, federal, all these different levels, including their own favored third parties. Those are the ones that are doing some digging on us and have put together incredible dishonest dossiers regarding all of us. Well, anyway, to make a long story short, Greg and Catherine are creating a fusion center that will be used to act as the open solution. Uh, as a fusion center for us to report on them. Yeah, the one they're starting with is an election fusion center to report election fraud to get sheriffs involved in a whole lot more. It'll be called Open Inc. Anyway, I digress. I'll leave that alone for now. We've got a lot to talk about with regards to Donald Trump and more. Uh, but we will be following up on this in the next several days. It was an incredible conference, and I'll report on it. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live continues with Dr. Scott Bradley. FreedomsRisingSun.com in seconds on your radio. This is a battle. A battle between truth and deceit. A battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. 
America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at FreedomFactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. FreedomFactor.org Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Dr. Scott Bradley, welcome back, sir. Good grief. The first hour is filled with uh, a whole bunch of uh, administrivia and recaps. People I didn't realize how much you had to kind of remind everybody of how things are going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That <clears throat> That is a serious issue. We do the recap because it does help people kind of keep up on a lot of what's going on. And I normally don't get into such detail on the recap, but in this case, since I was out of town and everything else, we kind of did a little bit more than we usually do. Any quick comment on any recap item and or on the Greg Phillips and Catherine, Catherine Engelbrick stuff? No, I, I'm interested, as everyone is, to see uh, what they're bringing forth. The whole idea of dishonesty, of election fraud and everything like that can be very, very simply and easily resolved by returning to the methodology we have used for centuries, literally centuries. And this new methodology that honestly, in, in my state, your state, uh, our home state of Utah, is is being fostered and, and encouraged by the Republican majority, a supermajority in, in Utah, of all of these automated methodologies by which fraud may be per, per, perpetrated upon the people. And, and they are absolutely death on backing off any of those things. They're absolutely uh, committed completely, totally, and unequivocally to this idea that of the automation of the... Uh, uh, of the election process, and you know these these ideas about uh, you know mail-in ballots and so on. These open the door, uh, drop off boxes. Uh, if you don't vote in person, if you don't have 
someone in your voting precinct that's che checking your identity. Uh, those kinds of things, they're not facilitating ease of voting. They're facilitating ease of defrauding. And uh, in, in Utah, and I suspect all across the nation, we're finding that the Republican-led efforts to automate these things are every bit as complicit in this election fraud as what they claim the Democrats did in 2020 to steal that election. So, so people need to realize it's a simple solution. It worked for centuries. There's, a, there's an auditable track. You can follow it back to the original source. Uh, uh, there's, it's so frustrating to me when I look at our local county officials, for example, I mean, you say, oh, this corruption, it has a trickle-down effect, if you will, right to the very, very, very heart of where the elections are held. And it's agnostic when it comes to which party is fostering it. It's the party in charge. It's a way that the party in charge stays in charge. And uh, it's an incumbent protection policy, generally. Uh, I know there's exceptions to that as, as uh, whoever's pulling the levers and and the uh, strings, if you will, to their benefit. But the fact of the matter is, everybody, every single soul, I don't care what political persuasion you are, should be in favor of, of election integrity. And those that currently sit in power are absolutely not in favor of that. And oh, there may be some exceptions. I know, I know. I have to sometimes temper myself a little bit. But by and large, the... Uh, uh, the issue is it crosses party lines, and it has become uh, kind of the way of stealing our last vestiges of liberty. All the years that I've, I've spent speaking in regards to preserving liberty and restoring and everything like that, there are many that have wanted to take to the streets that want violence and so on. I say, no, we've got two things that uh, they didn't have back in 1776. And that is we have the vote and we have the Constitution. Both of those are becoming less and less of a sure thing. And it's time we restored those things so that we don't lose everything. And then the only option that comes available is what the American Founding Fathers resorted to. When they had, they had turned every stone, they had done everything they possibly could to retain their status as free men. Uh, English were free men. The, the commentaries on the laws of England, Blackstone talked extensively about uh, the free men of, of England and how they had inalienable rights, and uh, those things were protected. Well, they weren't being protected. They were being ignored. And if you read, like, for example, the Declaration of Independence on the, the central portion of it where the offenses of the king are enumerated, 27 offenses they use as justification for... Um, armed rebellion. They say, no, we've done everything we can. The king is guilty of all these things. And if you'll read that with an open heart and mind, you'll see that it reads like today's news today. You know, point 10 of the swarms of officers to eat out our substance, for example, and living under uh, constitution, or at least uh, <laughs> being directed under law that's foreign to our constitutions. All of those things are happening. And uh, they're happening it, it, on steroids right now, they're, it's almost like a juggernaut. It's just 
rushing forward. It's, it's a train off the tracks going off the cliff. I don't know how to put it, actually. But the point of the matter is, we as Americans have got to waken ourselves to a sense of our awful situation and start to recognize that those that represent us, uh, they're, they're closing all the doors. I mean, I'll just use another example. I know I got, you probably got something to say, Sam, but I think back in, in the spring of 2020 when Utah legislature was called in a special session a number of times in regards to their response to this so-called COVID pandemic. And, and of course, all of the things that happened well, oh man, there's so much history we give there. But one of the things they did is they took away legislatively, something they unconstitutionally did, the ability to hold uh, responsible those that were uh, basically administering these edicts upon the people. They gave them cover. They gave them immunity. This immunity is an un-American uh, concept. And uh, we've got to restore the idea that everybody's responsible for their actions whether it's a physician or a, a large medical institution or it's a politician or it's a police officer, whomever it is, needs to be to recognize they will personally be held responsible. And you say, well, no, that's not the way. It is. Yeah, it really is that's the way it is. If you look at that declaration again, the king believed in the divine right of kings and the Declaration of Independence. That had been for centuries the idea that uh, kings were upheld by God and by golly, they couldn't do anything wrong. Their word was law. And, uh, and the Americans said, no, your word is not law. And you will be held responsible. And so they declared that in the Declaration of Independence and said, we're going to hold the king responsible. They wrote that into the Constitution of the United States. You know, this impeachment process of how to hold people responsibility for those things that they perpetrated upon the, their uh, fellow citizens. And, and then they said, okay, we can remove you from office, and then you can be criminally in charged, indicted, and, and imprisoned if you violated uh, these things that, that weren't that. And, and so this is this idea that anybody can be above it, anybody can be held harmless, is wrong. And when the Utah legislature legislatively created a hold harmless thing, an immunity thing for anybody that was responding to the uh, to the COVID thing, it's un-American, and it's un-American what's happening with uh, with the vote. It's un-American what's happening with our budget. It's un-American what we're doing with with wars and and all the rumors of wars that are around the world. At every level, we are we are facing a complete crisis that it can be resolved very easily. I tell the story of when I was a six-year-old, I got lost and. And I didn't know then, the first thing you do when you get lost is you sit down and you look at your back trail. You don't panic. Uh, we have a good back trail. It's well marked. We can find our way back to home base, if you will. But what we're doing right now, 18-point oh, contract. Holy cow. The contract is the United States Constitution. Everyone that holds office is to uphold that. And, and what we've done as Americans... We turn a blind eye to all of these simple solutions and look for more government to solve it, whether it's fusion centers, more armed IRS agents to collect taxes, whatever. And, and we, we send a, we're sending that swarms of officers, armed, militarized officers against Americans. And it got passed through the reconciliation bill. Uh, Sam, you know what? Don't get me started. Maybe the first hour for me is a, is a venting time. I don't know. 
Oh, it's fantastic, are... ladies and gentlemen, and that is the point. And basically this effort with uh, Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips highlights the reality at True the Vote. They're doing a phenomenal job. And they're highlighting this uh, company called Connick. C-O-N-N-E-C-H, Connick. And they have a software product called Pole Chief. Conic, C-O-N, or K-O-N-N-E-C-H, Conic. One of the softwares is called Pole Chief. We'll come back and talk about Mar-a-Lago, shall we? On your radio. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Hadi Mutar, the 24-year-old man accused of stabbing writer Salman Rushdie, had no prior criminal history. And authorities said they have yet to determine a motive for the attack against the man who was targeted by Iran's leadership more than 30 years ago. Rushdie continues to improve after the attack. Another U.S. congressional delegation met with Taiwan's president in Taipei Monday, less than two weeks after Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit infuriated China's government. Senator Ed Markey, the Democrat from Massachusetts, is leading a five-member delegation. One year ago today marked the beginning of President Biden's decline with the American people, the fall of Kabul to the Taliban, and leaving enough weapons and equipment instantly made the Taliban one of the strongest militaries in the world not to mention what it did to the women of Afghanistan after a taste of freedom. USA Radio News. Make money doing what you love. It can be done. Matter of fact, it has been done. Consider the story of Jack London. He's one of the highest paid writers of all time. Authored The Call of the Wild, recently released as a blockbuster movie starring Harrison Ford. Jack grew up in a rough neighborhood in Oakland, poor, uneducated, and a school dropout. As a child, Jack fell in love with the idea of being a writer. The notion that an uneducated, dirt-poor school dropout from Oakland could someday be a published writer was insanity. You know the rest of the story, though. Jack London became one of the richest writers of all time. Discover Jack's secret that allows anyone of any income or educational level to make money doing what they love. Whatever it is you love more than anything else, let's make that your prosperous living. Go right now to DiscoveringJack.com. That's DiscoveringJack.com. His secret is free. Just go to DiscoveringJack.com. DiscoveringJack.com. President Biden is expected to announce a decision regarding student loan government buyout program in the coming weeks. Student loan pause moratorium ends August 31st. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis is not playing games with soft-on-crime DAs. State Attorney Andrew Warren was waiting for a grand jury to issue indictments in two rape and murder cases he had been working on for three years when he glanced down at his phone and saw an email from an attorney for Governor Ron DeSantis. He said he was suspended from his job. Not long after, there was a knock at the door. An armed major from the county sheriff's office and a man in a suit from the governor's office carrying a copy of DeSantis' executive order suspending him, we're looking for him. He said, essentially, the governor has suspended you and you need to leave now. So within maybe seven minutes from getting the email, I was outside on the street, Warren said. The major offered me a ride home because they took my car. From the Gulf Coast Radio News Bureau, I'm Tony Maruso. USA Radio News.
with news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump says he declassified everything, so no harm, no foul. But the Biden administration is in obvious damage control over the botched raid where they seized the president's picture books, a handwritten note, and declassified documents. This is not unprecedented. This is not only unprecedented, but it's unnecessary. They're leaking lies and information. Uh, and I'll get more to the details of the Donald Trump side in a second. But it turns out that Judge Bruce Reinhardt unseals Mar-a-Lago raid warrant and explains why it's investigating Donald Trump. Um, Attorney General Merrick Garland said he personally approved uh, the raid, but he doesn't say who gave him authority, etc., to do it. At the heart of it on the government's side is this. The seven-page warrant that authorized the FBI to search Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago was unsealed. And they say that it shows that Trump is under federal investigation for obstruction of justice and other alleged violations. Now, that's interesting to say the least. That's not much. Now, they say three criminal statutes show the inquiry goes beyond classified information and that the former president is also suspected of obstructing a, quote, unidentified government effort. They say Trump is under investigation for alleged violation of 18 U.S.C. uh, conceal, removement, or, quote, mutilation. And then they talk about uh, the Espionage Act, which means transmitting, gathering, uh, alteration, falsification, etc. They say uh, these statutes can lead to imprisonment and fines. Federal agents also took a set of, quote, alleged top secret documents, four sets of top secret documents, three sets of secret documents, and three sets of confidential documents. Now, the problem is Trump also wrote that former President Barack Obama kept 33 million pages of documents. How many of them pertain to nuclear? Uh, Anyway, now the government says, hey, Barack didn't take, well, they didn't say Barack didn't take documents. They say all of Barack's documents are accounted for. The Washington Post, citing unnamed sources, reported on Thursday that some of the documents relating to nuclear weapons were among the FBI's search. But Trump says it's a hoax and a continuation of the Russia collusion lies. Now, several GOP lawmakers have called on federal agencies to release the affidavit which will provide more details about what the FBI was actually searching for and what justified the warrant. Well, they say criminal or criminal inquiry prompted the search of of uh, Donald Trump, but the problem is there's no criminal allegations so far. You say, what are you talking about, Sam? Well, it's alleged, right? They say none of the three quote potential crimes cited by the department relate to classified documents. But the problem that I have with this is all of this is alleged. 
Now, the other thing that I find out about this is they say this following statement. In all their statements that sound pretty good on the government side, hey, there's nuclear documents, there's this, there's that, there's little words of innuendo that make you believe there's real criminal activity. But when you research the statements they have, they're very nuanced. Alleged crimes, suspected of, but no hard evidence. And since we don't have, uh, in my opinion, the affidavit behind it all, we don't really have much. We just have this thing that says they have the right to search for all these so-called documents for so-called crimes. But they say the criminal inquiry. Now, I don't know how you call it a criminal inquiry, um, because if it's criminal, then we need to arrest Donald, don't we? But they say a criminal inquiry, now listen to this, prompted the search of Trump NYT. And in that story, it says this, quote, sections of the warrant and the accompanying inventory were reported earlier in the Wall Street Journal and in the New York Times who obtained it as well before it was unsealed. What? What? How did these guys get a hold of it before it was released? Was criminal acts committed by the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times? <laughs> That's really concerning to me. Now, they say the most informative and sensitive document is this affidavit, right? Because that's what really tells in detail what their, quote, justification was. They basically say, we'll probably never get that. It's unlikely to become public soon, if ever. Now, they use this espionage term, but they have no evidence, no facts, no documentation that points to any of this. They just allege all this. Dr. Bradley, I spend the time to kind of get people to understand, you couldn't have more differing narratives between the two groups of, of media uh, and government. One says, hey, Donald's fine. He declassified it. It's all good. They're lying. The other one says, no, he's guilty of all kinds of things to the point of nuclear documents being leaked, espionage. Hey, the former president could go to prison for a long time. Neither narrative, in my opinion, have a lot of facts on their side. Dr. Bradley. You know, there's, there's so many things we could talk about on this and how, like the USA Patriot Act, so-called. I do that because there's nothing patriotic about the USA Patriot Act packed back in 2001 in the, you know, the panic of the post 9-11 stuff. Uh, you know, again, I've studied it thoroughly and found that uh, it, it eviscerates the Fourth Amendment. So absolutely, unequivocally, the Fourth Amendment really doesn't exist for all intents and purposes in the United States anymore, particularly when federal agents are involved. The act requires judges to issue a search warrant or wiretap upon application of a federal agent. It's, it doesn't require any of the specificity that the Fourth Amendment requires. And uh, here's, here's a statement that right from it. It says, upon application made pursuant to this section, the judge shall, that's an imperative, that means you don't have any say in it, enter an ex parte order, that means a an order that's issued not with any other hearing or any other, uh, you know, the defendant doesn't get a say in it, anything like that. It's a single, solitary, closed session where they issue an order, an ex parte order as requested or as modified approving the release of records if the judge finds that the application meets the requirements of this section. The requirement is you ask for it, okay? And that's all you've got to do. 
Okay, so so that that I idea of specificity, as absolutely required by the Fourth Amendment, has been set aside. We could give you lots of other examples, but they'll suffice for now. The the point also that I guess I would like to make. I know I time flies very quickly, but uh, you've you've got to understand. People need to understand uh, that that uh, if you cry wolf often enough, you lose credibility. And and this idea, it's it's hard not to have some sympathy for Trump's statement that it's a continuation of the witch hunt that was happening under the uh, you know Russian dossier thing. They heard, they they examined excruciatingly the evidence about that and found unequivocally. It was a fabricated document paid for by an opposition party in order to help defeat Trump in his election. There was no evidence provided that there was any truth in this dossier. And, and so it, it was a nothing burger. It went away. And, and so now, when they're playing this same card over and over and over again, I mean, the card will be worn out. It has worn out in, in most Americans' minds, I believe. And the fact is that uh, that you have to say, wow, uh, same, same, same game, whatever, just played over and over and over again until it's worn out. Now, that's exactly where I believe we are with this. And the fact that they have provided no evidence, the fact that it's issued ex parte, the fact that it's, they probably judged shopped to be able to get whatever they wanted on it. Uh, and in the Americanist philosophy... You're innocent until proven guilty. That's the whole concept behind it. And so we have basically weaponized a Justice Department, quote-unquote, because there is seemingly less and less justice available in this nation. And by the way, that's one of the problems we that they, is found in the Declaration of Independence. You couldn't get justice. And that was justification for overthrowing the, the tyrant that was currently in power, the king. So we have these kinds of things recurring in America that seem to be, uh, we're, again, it's a manifestation of what a deeply dark track we're on right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It's very, very concerning in my opinion. We'll talk about it more with Dr. Scott Bradley in seconds on your radio. Mom, you don't know anything about me anymore. <sighs> Honey, I know you're good at math. You don't like English. I know Ryan smiled at you yesterday at school. I know your favorite color is purple. And I know you don't like mushrooms. And who can blame you? I mean, mushrooms are a fungus, and people generally try to avoid funguses. Or is it fungi? I'm never quite sure, but you know, either way, I mean, penicillin is good. Penicillin is a mold. Huh. Well, I guess you're right. So you like penicillin, but not mushrooms. <laughs> no matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. Mom, mm. if we talk, will you be quiet? Love to. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org.
Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So sections of the warrant and the accompanying inventory were reported by the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times who obtained them before they were unsealed. Is that criminal activity to obtain them before they're unsealed? And my question is, who allowed that to happen? How do they get that done? And is that criminal activity? And if they can obtain that before they're unsealed, what other things can the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal obtain. But it gets worse because the justice's application for the warrant, it's called an affidavit, we don't have and we're not likely to get. Why isn't anybody calling for the release of that? Because that's where the real pay dirt probably is. Now, investigators, they say, have been concerned about material that included some information from what the government calls, quote, special access programs. That's a designation that's typically reserved for extremely sensitive operations carried out by the United States. So now we're going to go ahead and hide again with the affidavit not being released and then these, quote, special access programs. We don't have a clue, folks. We don't have any information at all. We just have that they raided Trump. They felt like it was necessary because Trump is guilty of espionage alleged and this and that and classified documents, nuclear this and that. And Donald points to Barack and says Barack did it too and... Trump now says FBI seized privileged records in raid and wants them immediately returned the epictimes.com. So now Donald's saying they stole some of his records. Is there accountability for that? Donald says this, quote, oh, great. It has just been learned that the FBI in its now, quote, famous raid of Mar-a-Lago took boxes of privileged attorney, privileged attorney client material. And I need it back. He posted a Fox News article that then had anonymous sources on this. Where do we go with all that, folks? Where does this all lead? The answer is, in my opinion, it leads to tons of confusion and zero accountability, doctor. There's a, a concept that we seem to have set aside largely in the United States about separation of powers. Uh, this executive branch and the legislative branch and the blending of the two and the executive participates in it regularly. Trump has done probably almost as much as anybody else has in the past, where he creates law in his, uh, in his executive branch that's enforced as though it were law upon Americans. And uh, by the way, that's how things transfer so quickly. When you change presidents, uh, all of the unconstitutional, and I guess I can't make it that broad a statement, 
but so many of the unconstitutional acts of the previous president are unsigned, if you will, by the new president, who then claims to put other law into effect unconstitutionally. And this flopping back and forth is just a disaster for, for the separation of powers as well as the concept of, of what we really are liable for to, to live by and, and uh, the laws that are enforced upon the people, that being uh, law that was created by legislature, that law which is within the bounds of the Constitution. Again, we've left all that aside. But, but what we're doing here is further obfuscating and destroying our constitutional government, which really, really is destructive. I guess I have to just parenthetically almost remark on these things of these uh, major journals that have apparently had leaked to them uh, things that were never unsealed until later, and they published them, uh, the greatest news out there, of course, and and I have to wonder sometimes what wait 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 what happened with Assange and and Snowden those guys that uh, uh, published things that were brought into their hands uh, by whatever means and uh, oh exposed sensitive operations that apparently we should if we knew about them have grave concern about things that were going on in our foreign policies for example the way we were waging war the the uh, uh, full force of the American military was being brought to bear on uh, foreign civilians. I mean, these kinds of things, it's like, oh, no, now we're going to pursue Assange and, and Snowden to the nth degree until we've got them in prison forever and ever and ever, and the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times get a pass. Uh, there's there's clearly a, uh, uh, a big confusion as to what uh, is going on, and if you're in power and you're the one that leaked it, it's okay. But if you're not in power and you didn't want it leaked and it somehow got leaked, now you're going to put the big hammer on somebody's head. So many of these things just reek of corruption. It absolutely reeks of it. And I think uh, they uh, reek the of corruption leader. on both sides of the false yes. narrative they're displaying here. If the tables were turned, it's Barack that's this, it's Biden that's that, and this and that, and the Republicans go. The problem is the Democrats go for broke and the Republicans hold off. Now the Republican Party is divided <clears throat> on this. Now that the uh, Justice Department and the FBI have come out with kind of the details alleging um, nuclear stuff and alleging espionage, a lot of the Republicans are backing off and tempering their statements. Now there's a divide in the Republican Party of how hard they even ought to go after this, Doctor. They've already backed off. Well, that, that, yeah. duh. Has it ever happened otherwise with the Republicans? I think the Republicans fear governing. I think the Republicans have a death wish almost of becoming irrelevant. And, and therefore, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy by the way they use uh, their opportunities to push back on things. You know, it's, it's like, oh, uh, I, well, I'll give you an example. Back in the 1990s with the uh, uh, so-called assault weapons ban, uh, I met shortly thereafter with one of Utah's uh, uh, House of Representatives member, uh, Jim Hansen, and a senator, uh, Orrin Hatch. And uh, it was like, what the heck? And it was said a lot stronger than that. You guys think you're doing passing this. You know what their excuse was? Oh, we got the best we could. It's like, really? Really? You guys voted something because it's the best you could. Why do you vote for things 
that are clearly and plainly unconstitutional, like the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And and so what we have is is these mamby pamby spineless Republicans that vote uh, because it's the best they could get, instead of taking it to the mat and saying over our dead body this will not happen on our watch. And uh, and so it, that's kind of the way the Republicans kind of played the game, and it's it almost seems like to them it is a game, and like I say they're they're toying with irrelevance because they can't seem to ever govern it, uh, based upon correct and sound principles. They they seem to roll over it almost every turn, and so you know people that say, oh man, we just got to get those Republicans back in office again. Oh yeah. So what if we get uh, uh, Donald Trump's 18-point contract now, just like Newt Gingrich's contract with America, all of which is called into question because it's got to pass constitutional muster. It's got to fit the plain English words of the United States Constitution, and does it comply or not? And if it doesn't, you don't go down that path. So I don't know. I'm, I'm so frustrated with our current of course, the Founding Fathers felt very strongly that the party system would lead to corruption that ultimately undermined our constitutional government, and I, I'm fully convinced that we're there. By the way, parties do become irrelevant. Back in the 1850s, the Whig Party, a pretty powerful party up to that point, became irrelevant. The Republicans came in, and the basis of the establishment of the Republican was not soundly founded, and we could talk about that at great length someday. But uh, and they ultimately had the presidency within five six years, and uh, the Whigs went away. They went the way of the world, and so parties can become irrelevant. Now I, I got to say that the Democrats also are toying with irrelevance in the fact that they've basically got uh, a bunch of baboons that are running things that are that are so socialist in their nature that they've absolutely abandoned everything constitutional and, and Americanist. And uh, they shout it from the rooftops every chance they get. And, and uh, the partisanship is currently is, is astounding, but neither party, to me, has demonstrated any value in terms of uh, standing and upholding our liberty as a nation. No, they so haven't. So here's the point to make your point. <laughs> Headline says this, Senator Jack, or Jack, wow, Senator Chuck Crassley, says the Senate will investigate FBI Trump raid if GOP takes majority. But my response to that is if it's criminal activity, they can't just wait till and say we'll investigate it if we get elected, doctor. They're just using well, this for campaign raising, fundraising, it, campaign. It, that's right. Um, rhetoric. Um, rhetoric, yeah. This is bogus. If it's criminal, take action. Yeah. But Chuck Absolutely. Grassley... If this isn't as serious as you say, then wait till November. But if it is, you can't let the criminals just run around, right? No. The idea of the president uh, enforcing the law, I mean, it, that's that's part of the oath he takes. It's right in his job description. He shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. and And it's like they ignore them, whatever they don't want to. And by the way... That is a form of unconstitutional line-item veto, where you know the the president either signs or he doesn't sign. Read Article Seven of the Constitution, or excuse me, 
Article One, Section Seven of the Constitution regarding the uh, the way the law uh, uh, program works, where you pass laws and you get them put into effect. There, there is no nothing that says, okay, I'm going to line this out with a signing statement or something. I'm not going to enforce this, or we're going to ignore this law while we're in office or whatever. No, you either sign it or you reject it, and it's then either overridden or not. That's the way the process. Article one, section seven. Go read it, and and most Americans don't understand that, but that's how they they fulfill their oath of office by ignoring huge swaths of the United States Constitution. And so if, if laws are being broken, they're violated, there's a criminal activity constitutionally. I mean, you look at the Fourth Amendment, as we say, that they co completely ignore, and it should be carried out. No, they've weaponized the federal agencies according to who's in charge. And, and I, I fear that more and more federal agencies are being weaponized, whether it's the IRS or the BATFE or the um, uh, Homeland Security people or whomever, it's like, no, there's nothing there that says they can do this. Nothing whatsoever. And, and St. George Tucker, the again, I always introduce him as the preeminent constitutional scholar of the founding era, said that the Constitution carefully withheld from the general government any authority in terms of uh, criminal law, except for those specifically mentioned in the Constitution. But uh, we ignore that at every level, from domestic violence in the home to anything else that they decide they want to act on. And it's a violation. It's an absolute violation. And, uh, and let's, let's not for one Americans. second, let's not for one second believe the Republicans and Donald have the moral high ground on this. Neither of them do. Uh, look, the raid was wrong. The evidence should be delivered to the American people for the justification. If there's criminal activity, we can't wait till after an election. We can't use this for fundraising. We've got to take action on criminal activity, ladies and gentlemen, either on Donald if he's a criminal or under the other guys if, he's a, if they're criminals. But what we're saying is nobody's really a criminal, although we're going to throw fire on both sides claiming everybody's a criminal. But at the end of the day, nothing's going to happen to anybody as the government continues to violate the checks and balances that made her great. Don't accept it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's stand up and hold them accountable, shall we? I pray we do. That's for sure. Dr. Bradley, we're flat out of time. Thank you so much, sir. Freedomsrisingsun.com is Dr. Bradley's website. Check out his incredible webinars and more. Freedomsrisingsun.com. God save the republic. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for August the 15th in the year of our Lord 2022. This is our two of two. And the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Wow, it is the second hour, but we're an hour later. That's right. Liberty Roundtable Live has moved program times. Uh, used to be 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern.
7 to 9 a.m. Mountain Time. But we've now changed. It's 8 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time, uh, 10 to noon Eastern Time. Why have we done that? Because I need to get more sleep, number one. Uh, and other reasons are I think that a lot of late-breaking news happens in the morning time. And what happens is right after the news breaks, or I'm sorry, right after my show ends, the news breaks. This will let us catch news midstream to announce it live when it happens, number one. Number two, it gets me a little bit more sleep. But number three, when we travel, it helps a lot. When I go to the West Coast or to Phoenix or anywhere else, i got to get up at literally 5 a.m. to do the show from 6 to 8. It's just way too early. Most people aren't even up by then. Uh, and this allows us to move it an hour later and get better drive time in California and Arizona half the year, etc. cetera. Uh, the West Coast, the Pacific time people, now the show is 7 to 9. Mountain time, 8 to 10. Should be not so early and easier for everybody to listen. It's also great time for Eastern. Literally 10 to noon is great. People have a chance to get into the office, get their primary stuff done. They can put it on the background while they're working or whatever they're doing. It's a great time for radio. So I want to announce that the Liberty Roundtable Live show has moved times. Uh, anyway, there you go. Uh, first hour, we had on Dr. Scott Bradley. So a lot of our second hour guests now are first hour guests. That's good news as well. Now, understand that Brighty on Radio takes our, well, it used to be our second hour. Now they take our first hour. So it means they'll get the recap of the previous shows. Uh, it means they'll get a lot of uh, uh, guests that they haven't been getting as well. So that's a uh, benefit to the Brideon radio folks, which we're grateful for as well. We're grateful for their partnership. They're tremendous people at Brideon Radio uh, and Brideon.tv. Check all that out. But anyway, um, so that's good news. The other great news about switching hours like this is we used to do uh, on Tuesdays, first hour radio, second hour TV with Brideon simulcast with Liberty Roundtable Live. Well, now the good news is we've flipped those hours, so it gives us a little bit of time to gear up uh, where there was no break between the hours with uh, TV second because TV doesn't take news at the top of the hour. So there was no break between the hours. It was very hard to scramble and connect and everything else. This also gives us time now to crank up and do TV. Then since radio has news, five-minute news at the top of the hour, it gives us time or a little bit of time to transition to do radio second hour. So for a gazillion reasons, this is a great move, and thank you for your understanding. Without further ado, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Welcome back, sir. Oh, it's good to be back, Sam. Thanks for having me. All right. You're going to be on with us a little later in the day nowadays, so it gives you a chance to finish basketball. It gives me a chance to get the TV stuff out of the way on Tuesdays and ready to rock and roll with you, obviously, uh, on the second hour of the show now. Awesome. Ron pa Go ahead. I was just saying that's awesome. I like to change up. I think it'll work out well. All right, sir. Two Ron Paul articles we must talk about, sir. Well, and the reason is because, you know, Ron packs so much wisdom in just a few words. Um, I don't know, if, you know if, if all of our listeners have read a lot of Ron Paul, but, um, you know, he is kind of like a philosopher king, <laughs> in my opinion. And he's able to pack in just a few words a lot of meaning. And so, you know, I, I love reading his columns and I love talking about them. And, um, you know, there's some columns I'll just take one or two snippets of. Uh, I mean, other people's columns I'll just take one or two snippets. But when I read Ron Paul, I just love everything he writes. It, I'm, I, I, it's hard to pick out the best parts because you know, the whole thing is the best part, you know. So 
Anyway, his first column, uh, Sam, this morning is, is all about the Inflation Reduction Act. You know, and it, it's misnamed. It, the name is laughable, Sam. They call it the Inflation Reduction Act. But everything in the act that Congress passed is, is, is going to increase inflation. It's, you know, they're adding new money. They're injecting new money into the economy. They're spending more money. So, in other words, spending is not going to decrease. And taxation is not going to decrease. They've got tax increases. They've got spending increases. And they have mon, you know, monetary um, increases as well. And so uh, there's no way, <laughs> there is no way that they're going to reduce inflation just by passing this act. And yet that's what they call it. And it's, it's, uh, they misname these bills all the time, Sam. It's like the Patriot Act, right? It's like the, uh, the Homeland Security Act. I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. And uh, so basically, whenever they name a bill, you can pretty much depend on the opposite effect, uh, you, know, be, you know, opposite of what the name, name says. But anyway, so he talks about this Reduction Act, and he says, he says the bill authorizes spending hundreds of billions. This is, he didn't say hundreds of millions, hundreds of billions of dollars on energy and climate change. Much of this, he says, is subsidies for renewable energy. In other words, green corporate law welfare. Government programs subsidizing certain industries take resources out of the hands of investors and entrepreneurs who allocate resources in accordance with the wants and needs of consumers and give those resources to the government where resources are allocated according to the agendas of politicians and the bureaucrats. Now, when government takes resources out of the market, this is still Ron Paul talking. It also disrupts the price system through which entrepreneurs, investors, workers, and consumers discover the true value of goods and services. Thus, green energy programs will lead to increased cronyism and waste. I mean, he packed a whole bunch of great information in that one paragraph. I mean, you could, you could, uh, in some ways, the the uh, um, the Austrian um, view of economics is in there. <laughs> He's talking about uh, the agendas of politicians, bureaucrats, the definition of cronyism. I mean, it's just phenomenal what he can say in just a few few words. Uh, this um, this column, by the way, is, is found at campaignforliberty.org, as is the other column we'll discuss. Um, he also says this bill, we're talking about the Inflation Reduction Act, also extends the so-called temporary increase in Obamacare subsidies passed as part of COVID relief. This will further increase health care prices. Increasing prices is a strange way to eliminate price inflation, he says. The only way to decrease health care costs without diminishing health care quality is by putting patients back in charge of the health care dollar. <laughs> End of quote. Wouldn't it be nice, Sam, to you know go back to good old days when your relationship with the doctor is just between you and the doctor, <laughs> and and you don't have the government interjecting itself into the relationship, determining prices. You don't have insurance companies in there determining prices, how much you pay, how much they, you know. It's just uh, it would be so nice to go back to the good old days when you know. A little checkup by a doctor costs you 20 bucks or 30 bucks, and you don't have all the red tape going on. 
Well, a little bit more about this bill. He says the bill's authors claim that the legislation fights inflation by reducing the deficit via tax increases on the rich and a new 15% minimum corporate tax. Huh. Taxes, tax increases won't reduce the deficit if, as is going to be the case, Congress continues increasing spending. Increasing taxes on the rich and corporations also reduces investment, slowing the economy and thus decreasing demand for government programs. This leads to increasing government spending and debt. While there is never a good time to raise taxes, the absolute worst time for tax increases is when, as is the case today, the economy is both suffering from price inflation and, despite the gaslighting come from the Biden administration and its apologists, is in a recession. You know, Sam, it's almost like you have to read uh, each paragraph twice or three times in order to catch the full impact of what Ron Paul is saying. But he's absolutely spot on. You know, any tax increase on the corporations is a tax increase on the consumers because corporations, they simply pass on the taxes to consumers. They don't, you know, corporations don't pay taxes. They're consumers, the buyers. They're the ones who pay the taxes, and then the corporate corporation just passes those revenues on to the government. And so, you know, increasing taxes on the rich and the corporations, they may say that, but that's not what actually happens. It just increases taxes on the middle class, and it helps to flatten the middle class. They want to get rid of the middle class, by the way, and this is how they do it, this incessant, continual taxation of the middle class a little hit, a little bit here, a little bit there, and before you know it, the middle class has disappeared. Continuing with his column, just a couple more paragraphs, he says the bill also spends $80 billion on the IRS. That's $80 billion on the IRS. Supposedly, this will help collect more revenue from rich tax cheats. Ha! You know, let me just parenthetically insert here. Rich tax cheats, they've already, they already have hidden their income, right? We're offshore or whatever. And so increasing the number of IRS agents by 87,000 is not going to solve this problem, Sam. It's crazy. It's also Stupid interesting. Bill. It's a billion dollars per thousand IRS agents, approximately. 80 billion to 87,000 IRS agents. A billion to a thousand. It's a very interesting close ratio. That alone is shocking. But do we need, look at the Declaration of Independence, do we need more officers and agents against the people? Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged 
on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. Gentlemen, we're talking to our dear friend Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org, and we're talking about this incredible column written by Ron Paul, spot on as could be, Inflation Reduction Act, another D.C. lie. So think about it, a billion dollars per thousand agents approximately, Lowell. Isn't that scary? Absolutely scary. You know, the Declaration of Independence that you mentioned a moment ago meant, uh, says this very thing. You know, the King George III has sent uh, people to harass our people and eat out their substance. Yeah, and it talks I about just... swarms of officers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what's uh, going to happen here, folks. This is, they're, they're, you know, they, they say that they're doing this to catch the, ricks, the rich tax cheats. But the rich, they've already hidden their wealth. The rich know how to hide their wealth or income. They'll do it offshore or they'll funnel it to charities or whatever they've already protected there there's they're not these these new agents are not going to collect more revenue from rich tax cheats they're going to push down the middle class they're going to squeeze more money out of the middle class they don't want the globalists don't want the middle class to exist they want the super elite and rich and they want the rest of the world to be poor just groveling servants slaves basically groveling for a, a, you know a, a crumb of bread and and so these IRS agents are going to push against and they're going to flatten the middle class even more and so you know Ron's last statement here his last paragraph he says increasing spending and taxes will increase the pressure on the Federal Reserve to keep interest rates low thus increasing inflation he says if Congress was serious about ending inflation which they're not, by the way, then it would cut spending starting with overseas militarism and corporate welfare at home. A Congress that took inflation seriously would also take the first step towards restoring a free market monetary system by passing out of the Fed and legalizing competition in currency. So whenever you're, so end of quote. So Sam, whenever your congressman comes along and says that he's interested in Reducing inflation, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you know that they aren't sincere if they aren't also voting to to, to out of the Fed and to legalize uh, competition in currency. Now, fortunately, Utah has legalized gold and silver coins, 
which can compete and does compete with Federal Reserve notes. Several other states have done this too. Arizona is one of those states. But we need more states to do this, and we need more people in those states to use gold and silver uh, in their you know, daily transactions with businesses and other people, you know, contracts and businesses that are the like mind. And in that way, we can truly compete with the Federal Reserve note and be prepared for the moment when the Federal Reserve system crashes. You know, when Federal Reserve notes become worthless, those who have gold and silver coin will be able to continue to transact in the marketplace because they have the means to do so. Money is that means, Sam. There you have it. It's so hard to even deal with this. I mean, the things that you hear about are just so off the charts, Lowell. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so off the charts at this point that it's hard to even discuss this. Folks, we're talking about 87,000 more IRS agents when we know the IRS has been already abusing conservatives with regards to obtaining nonprofit 501c3s, that big old scandal. Within the early 90s, when the Republicans took over contract with America under Newt Getting Rich, uh, the IRS was being looked at then, and people disguised their voices and their faces, fear of retribution and everything else. Uh, and now we're going to go ahead and allow 87,000 more agents. Now, as far as I understand, this legislation just passed the House, too, right? So it's going to, yeah. to uh, Biden's desk for signature. This is not a maybe. They're going to sick 87,000 more IRS agents. How could the Republicans go along with this? Now, you say, well, Sam, wait a minute. Um, you know, it was a 50-50 tie in the Senate, whatever. The Democrats have control. Maybe. But how many Republicans did you hear howling about it? How many Republicans did you hear getting the people involved in this? The answer's none. This $700 billion behemoth with $80 billion for the IRS to six, set 87,000 more uh, swarms of officers against us, I didn't even hear really much more than a whimper. Last point on this, it is just shocking, Lowell. It is. And, Sam, why didn't the filibuster, why didn't the the Senate filibuster stop this? I mean, it was a 50-50 vote. Well, usually the filibuster in the Senate prevents this type of thing because you have to get 60 votes to pass a bill. What happened to the filibuster? You know, that's my question. It's a fair question. I don't know how to respond to the answer, though. Yeah, what I mean, I is the Republicans the are derelict in their duty to the point of no return almost. Even the best of them at this point. Look, have you heard Rand Paul, Mike Lee, any, uh, you know, Justin Amash or whoever? Have, have you heard them going off on this, standing in solidarity, going on uh, radio programs and TV programs that are in the conservative media to warn against this before it all happened, Lowell? Uh, no, I, I don't watch the mainstream media much, so I wouldn't have seen it even if No, I'm have, talking about but... alternative media like us. Have they called yeah. you to come on your show? Lowell does a local show here, by the way, in Utah as well, in addition to being on with me nationally and stuff. Have they called either of us? I don't think so. No, no, that's right. Yeah. Why not? Dereliction of duty, Sam. Wow. Anyway, this is shocking. It gets worse because Nancy's on a bender. I think she ought to be prosecuted for this. She has no authority in this regard, Lowell. Well, Sam's talking about uh, Pelosi's trip to Taiwan and uh, – Ron Paul sure had some things to say about that. He he called this trip to Taiwan Exhibit A as to why interventionism is dangerous, deadly, and dumb, end of quote. Oh, continuing with quote, 
though she claimed her visit won some sort of victory for democracy over autocracy, the stopover achieved nothing of the sort. He goes on to say, it was a pointless gesture that brought us closer to military conflict with zero benefit, end of quote. And, and, and you look at this, Sam, she went over there, visited Taiwan, and guess what? Senators Bob Menendez and Lindsey Graham began to push for new legislation that would essentially declare war on China by declaring Taiwan a, quote, major non-NATO ally, end quote. <laughs> That's what they're calling Taiwan. Well, it's like poking the, poking the bear, or poking, in this case, poking the, the tiger, right? Ron Paul writes this. He says, foolishly taking the U.S. to the brink of war with Russia over Ukraine is evidently not enough for Washington's bipartisan warmongering class, risking a nuclear war on two fronts with both Russia and China is apparently the only way for Washington to show the rest of the world it's serious, end of quote. And yet, Sam, you and I both know these, these hawks abound, and they, they're boasting that the U.S. can confront both Russia and China. And uh, so Ron Paul writes it this way. He says, the U.S. fighting a proxy war with Russia through Ukraine and Nancy Pelosi provoking China nearly to the point of war over Taiwan is meant to show the world how tough we are. But in reality, it demonstrates the opposite. Continuing the quote here, Ron Paul writes, the drunken man in a bar challenging everyone to a fight is not tough. He is foolish. He has nothing to gain and everything to lose from his display of bravado. End of quote. <laughs> Sam, I love the wisdom of Ron Paul. And in many ways, he's a modern Ben Franklin to us. And we're, it's, you know, we are blessed as a as a country, as a patriot group, to have him talking about these things regularly. Every day, he has the Ron Paul Liberty Report. And every week, he writes a column, which posts on Campaign for Liberty and ronpaulinstitute.org and so forth. He writes this. As he signs off his column, he says, That is interventionism at its core, a foolish policy that provokes nothing but anger overseas, benefits no one in the U.S. except the special interests and leaves the rest of us much poorer and worse off, end of quote. You know, he's referring to like the, uh, the military industrial complex when he talks about the special interests, right? I mean, they're the ones who benefit from war. The bankers benefit from war. The uh, globalists benefit from war. They can divide the people they can conquer the people. And I'm not talking about just within one country, but country against country. If they can get countries to fight each other, then they win. The globalists win. And uh, we've seen this over and over again, right? They loan money to na countries who are in war with each other, conflict. And then when those countries cannot repay the debt, those banking interests take the land and resources of the country to which they loaned the money. Sam? Amen, but I want to take this to a whole nother level in discussion. We'll do it in seconds with Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Foolish intervention by Nancy Pelosi. The Republicans and Democrats have all been doing this for decades, except for the very few, ladies and gentlemen. 
protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The minimal decrease in inflation announced last week from 9.1% in June to 8.5% in July is likely to bring down 2023's Social Security cost of living adjustment as well. Last month, the Social Security Administration was planning to give seniors a 10.5% boost. That's now been downgraded for Social Security checks to 9.6% in 2023. Republicans continue to call out Attorney General Merrick Garland and the weaponizing of the FBI. Paul Manafort, President Trump's campaign manager, didn't sugarcoat his reaction and let the FBI have it for its politically motivated search of President Trump's Florida home, on Newsmax. It's the destruction of our country and our democracy and our constitution. I mean, the, the Biden administration has shown that it will go to any levels to try and destroy a political opponent. USA Radio News. Make money doing what you love. It can be done. Matter of fact, it has been done. Consider the story of Jack London. He's one of the highest paid writers of all time. Authored The Call of the Wild, recently released as a blockbuster movie starring Harrison Ford. Jack grew up in a rough neighborhood in Oakland, poor, uneducated, and a school dropout. As a child, Jack fell in love with the idea of being a writer. The notion that an uneducated, dirt-poor school dropout from Oakland could someday be a published writer was insanity. You know the rest of the story, though. Jack London became one of the richest writers of all time. Discover Jack's secret that allows anyone of any income or educational level to make money doing what they love. Whatever it is you love more than anything else, let's make that your prosperous living. Go right now to discoveringjack.com. That's discoveringjack.com. His secret is free. Just go to discoveringjack.com. Discoveringjack.com. Three people were shot in the parking lot at Six Flags Great America in Gurney, Illinois last night. The injuries are non-life-threatening, and the shooter remains at large. If you think overregulation by the government hurts free enterprise, you're right. Just ask the little girl in Ohio and her lemonade stand that was shut down by police. Police in eastern Ohio told a little girl to shut down her lemonade stand after someone complained. Asa Baker, who's eight, says it's because she didn't have a permit, but the cop encouraged her to get one. Well, they were really sad that they had to shut me down, but they gave me uh, 20 bucks for, um, like, to try and pay for it. Asa's dad saying he didn't know a permit was required, but police and Alliance say those are the rules. A downtown business owner heard about it all, so he made a space outside his business for Asa to set up shop, where police said they would not bother her. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Sam Bushman and Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, talking about officers eating out our substance, swarms of officers attacking all of us, and now you're here in Phoenix, Arizona, a little girl eight years old trying to set up a lemonade stand harassed by these thugs. You can't go ahead and mix lemon and sugar together and sell it as a little kid, because if you do, you better have a license and you better cross the I's and top the, you know, dot the T's with government um mandating right down your throat thank heavens for a local business owner saying hey come on my private property and the thugs will leave you alone good for the private business owner but shame 
on these swarms of officers, ladies and gentlemen. But while we're battling lemonade stands and their ability to stay open in America, what a shame on parade. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is literally running around involved in a foolish intervention. Ron Paul highlights this by his incredible article at CampaignForLiberty.org. Ron Paul, quote, Pelosi's Taiwan trip exposes foolishness of interventionism. Now, here's my problem, though, Lowell. This goes to the next level. I don't believe that we should be declaring Taiwan a separate country or declaring Taiwan part of China. We shouldn't pick sides in that dispute. Nevertheless, what I find interesting about this is uh, Nancy literally going against the United States general stance as an elected official traveling overseas on a delegation that makes it seem like she's representing the government. I believe it's illegal, illegal activity, and she should be impeached over this. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, you probably have an argument there, Sam. Okay, what, why isn't anybody speaking out about this? Well, probably because it's been done for so many years, uh, like you said, decades and decades, uh, people have been doing this. But Yeah, but don't know, we want I, to stop criminal activity by the Democrats, or are we just fine with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, precedent is powerful, unfortunately. So who uh, represents the United States to the world, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, it should not be member of the legislative branch. It should be a member of the executive branch, I would think. That is correct. So let's call a spade a spade. But see, again, none of the Republicans are speaking out about the 87,000 IRS thugs, really. Not not in any meaningful way. When a couple of them have mentioned it, like Donald's like, yeah, they raided me and 87,000 more are coming. But there's no accountability. There's no real pushback. Same with this. Nancy literally puts together a delegation, travels overseas, acts like she represents America, downs America virtually while she's over there even. Now, as far as I understand, one of the Dixie Chicks, Natalie Maines, did that, and she lost her whole career almost over it. But, of course, Nancy's fine, right? See, this is insanity, ladies and gentlemen. But, again, the Republicans and Democrats are mutually exclusive on the uh, interventionism. They just want interventionism their way. We can intervene, that's fine, but you got to do it my way, the Republican way, or my way, the Democrat way. But no one's challenging the interventionism except for guys like Sam and Lowell and Ron. Ron Paul, fantastic column, incredible job, spot on as always, Lowell. Yeah, love the wisdom of Ron Paul, Sam. Well put. All right, anything else on this trip of Nancy's except for she's a criminal and should be prosecuted? Um, nope, we'll leave it at that and just encourage folks to visit ronpaulinstitute.org to read this column and, and many others like it. It's just a phenomenal, you know, great, great common sense and great information there um, every day. They, they had, I don't know, half a dozen columns every day. So ronpaulinstitute.org should be one of the sites that uh, y'all visit every day to stay Amen up Amen to that. Dr. Joseph Sansone wrote an incredible article. Governor DeSantis needs to kick federal agents out of Florida immediately. Amen, Lowell. Uh, he continues his column saying, This action should be immediately followed by a special legislative session placing permanent restrictions on federal agents operating in the state of Florida. State Representative and Congressional Candidate Anthony Sabatini has stated the need to call a special legislative session to pass a law prohibiting federal agents operating within the state without the state's approval. 
Holy cow, that is awesome. Sounds to me like Representative Sabatini is, um, is uh, you know, on the same page with uh, Richard Mack here, <laughs> in my opinion. He should be cheered for stating so boldly what so few state legislatures or legislators are willing to do. Um, after caving to pre- uh, quoting the article, going back to uh, Dr. Uh, Samson's article, uh, quote, after caving to pressure and implementing an illegal and unconstitutional shutdown, which the governor, to his credit, admitted was a mistake, DeSantis has been leading the charge on pushing back against COVID tyranny, and that has impacted other states to follow suit. After the blatant abuse of power by the DOJ and FBI raiding the home of foreign pre- former President Trump, states have an obligation to push back on the federal government's weaponization of federal agencies. The recent expansion of the IRS, creating 87,000 new armed agents, making the agency larger than the Pentagon, comma, FBI, comma, DOJ, and a few other agencies put together, makes a coordinated pushback from multiple states absolutely necessary. No American citizen is safe. The raid of Trump, uh, Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate likely has several purposes. We can get into that in a second, but I, let me stop right here just to say that this this um, Representative Sabatini is spot on, Sam. This is exactly what Madison talked about in Federalist 46, what Thomas Jefferson's articulated in the Principles of 98 and 99. Uh, it's the pushback. It's, it's putting the general government back in its proper place. You know, anytime the general government exceeds the bounds of the Constitution, meaning when they go beyond what they've been authorized by the states to do, it's the states which created the federal government, it's the states who have not only the right but a duty to push back and curtail that expansion of power, that irrigation of power. Amen to that. And not only should every state of all 50 states be doing it, not only should Governor DeSantis uh, be doing that, but all 3,081-plus sheriffs in America should be saying Mm -hmm. the same thing. If you're going to come into my county, into my jurisdiction— You better notify me first, and my duty is to make sure that you have your dots all in a row, that you have your I's dotted, your T's crossed, that what you're doing is legal and lawful and appropriate. If not, my job as sheriff is to tell you to stand down, leave, or be arrested. You know what? If you want to get your act together and come back, that's another discussion. Um, You say that's not possible, Sam. Sheriffs don't have that authority. My response is Richard Mack back in the day did that in Graham County, Arizona. Bill Clinton said, we're going to inap- uh, implement the Brady Bill in your county. And Sheriff Mack said, no, you're not. And uh, they went to the Supreme Court and Mack won and Bill Clinton lost. Do we need more evidence than that? So, ladies and gentlemen, this is a salient point the good doctor makes on this. And, Ron, please listen. Governor DeSantis, you need to kick federal agents out of Florida immediately and say, do not come back. Uh, and, really, this is critical and it's a great point that we need to make now. But again, who's making these points? Lou Rockwell, uh, Sam Bushman, this good doctor, uh, Joseph Sansone, uh, and uh, Ron Paul, Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, a few people. Obviously, the John Birch Society makes this point quite often, etc. cetera. Uh, but really, there's very few of us, Lowell, and we need to make this mainstream discussion points. You're exactly right, Sam. When the Trump uh, raid or the FBI raid on Trump's property happened last, uh, I guess it's been eight days ago now, Monday. Um, that's the very first question I asked. Where was the sheriff? Where was the sheriff of the county where Mar-a-Lago, uh, 
sit. I mean, I, I don't so far, we can tell you he hid under a rock. He was derelict in his duty, sir, and that's all we know. Yeah, yeah, and so it just underscores the need. This is called the anti-commandeering doctrine, folks, that Richard Mack case uh, just reinforced this, uh, the anti-commandeering doctrine, which means essentially that the, the general government, meaning you know the federal government from out of Washington, D.C., cannot command state or local, you know, county or city um, institutions to do anything for them. They can't command, you know, the, the county sheriff to do anything. Zero. That's how much authority they have. They cannot command the sheriff to do anything. And so, this, you know, so if I were if I were a sheriff, and, and I hope there's some sheriffs out there listening, if I were a sheriff, I would put the federal agencies on notice. I would send them a letter and say, this is notice that you may not do a single thing in this county, no enforcement action whatsoever without my permission. And if you do, I will arrest you. And I will, I, I will prosecute you, you know. And so if that, that's the type of notice that sheriffs needs to give, and there's precedent for this. You have case law behind you. You have precedent helping you. That's what sheriffs need to do today because otherwise it's going to get very ugly very fast. Amen. Now, Bob Songer of Click uh, Attack County, <clears throat> Washington, uh, the state of Washington there. Bob Songer, uh, after he watched the video of those thugged, armed BATF agents going to that guy's house and asking to see his guns, they did not have a warrant, etc. cetera. Uh, Bob Songer says, in my county, that's not going to happen. And he put a public press release together to all levels of government saying, look, citizens, if they come to your house in my county and they don't have a warrant, or they're harassing you, call me, and I will come over and work it out. And if they don't comply with me telling them to leave my county, I will arrest them. Sheriffs are doing what we're talking about now, ladies and gentlemen. This is not fantasy land. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. 
With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, with me doing a phenomenal job. Looks like there's sickos everywhere. Incredible column written in LouRockwell.com. Sicko gender clinics. Puberty blockers on the discussion list today. Shame on these people. They're off their rock crazy, Lowell. They sure are, Sam. John Rappaport shares some key excerpts from a story in the UK Daily Mall. And uh, I just want to use this as a springboard into the topic. Uh, he, uh, the, the UK Daily Mall writes, the closure next spring of the NHS's only gender identity clinic for children, which is the Tavistock Clinic, is a vital and long overdue step in righting the wrongs of what could perhaps be the biggest medical scandal of this century, the routine use of puberty-blocking drugs on children. These powerful drugs can engender can can endanger fertility and open up the possibility of brutal surgery to reassign sex organs. Yet, in this country, they have been given to those as young as 10. Other countries have banned their use in children. Sweden curtailed the use of blockers among under 18 18-year-olds last year, um, with a leading Stockholm pediatrician saying that chemically saying they they chemically castrate children, causing problems with mental health. France has stopped them, too, um, and uh, so the NHS's decision to decommission the Tavistock Clinic comes after an independent review into the clinic by Dr. Hillary Cass said that its work was not a safe and viable option for youngsters. In Sweden, too, Sam, a pioneer in gen- child, uh, 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 child transgender treatments before it recanted The danger of those drugs are clear. Their ailments include liver damage, unexplained weight gains of up to two stone, mental health problems, and in Leo's case, we're talking about a a case of a a 10-year-old named Leo, weakened bones seen in people of 70 and a failure to grow as tall as he should. And so basically this this, uh, story in the UK Daily Mall was just reporting that, look, there's a couple of countries that have banned gender reassignment surgery and puberty blockers and they're happy that the UK is now going to to ban it as well or at least shut it down or try to shut it down and I think it's interesting that the number of countries and other states have outlawed the use of these drugs in, on children Sam but but the UK and the sovereign states in America have not well I guess I can't speak for all of the states but I can say that the sovereign state of Utah has not yet outlawed their use in children. And uh, to me, that is both sad and sobering. Knowing the damage that these drugs do to our children, it's beyond belief that we have not outlawed their use. I would think think of it as child abuse for a practitioner to administer puberty-blocking drugs to somebody approaching puberty. To me, that's child abuse, Sam. What do you think? I think it's more than child abuse, and I don't know how to articulate more than child abuse. But what I mean is that it gets not only the individual involved in this, but physicians involved in this, 
government involved in this. I mean, I, I've never seen an issue get so many players involved uh, in criminal activity. Uh, this is body min, uh, um, body um, mutilation, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. This is irreversible. Now, uh, you can say to me, Sam, wait a minute, it's reversible. No, it's not. Oh, yes, it is, Sam. They, no, I've talked to experts, and I've talked to people that have actually physically had this done to their bodies. It is not reversible. What they do is they destroy the human body. Uh, it is criminal. It is beyond child abuse. It's child abuse for sure, but it's criminal. Um, you've got everybody involved in this. So government, physicians, laws, state, local, counties, federal. I mean, it, it, this is uh, insane, and it violates the physician's creed as well. First, do no harm. People don't realize, even adults don't realize the mutilation they're undergoing and the downstream repercussions of this. Uh, this is beyond child abuse. This is flat-out criminal behavior and body uh, mutilation law. Well, you're exactly right, Sam. Here in the state of Utah, there were only five girls who got testosterone in 2015, okay, seven years ago. So five girls, that was the number of girls receiving this, you know, gender reassignment, uh, you know, drug, uh, testosterone in, 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 in 2015. And it bumped clear up to, to 32 in the following year, then 96 in 2017, then 189 the following year, 553 in the year 2019. This is all according to the state of Utah records, okay? So that... The, the number of girls receiving testosterone in Utah went from five girls in 2015 to over 500 girls in 2019, right? So in just five years, it increased 10,000%. And, and so what's happening? Okay, so that's the girls. On the boys' side, it turns out that if you, you, know, if, if you as a young man take puberty-blocking drugs before puberty, then it turns out that the size of genitalia in that person it remains small, as, 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 as small as, 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 as a child, right, as a baby or as a child. The genitalia doesn't grow if you take these puberty-blocking hormones. And so here you are walking around. You look like an adult, but you can't reproduce. It affects your fertility. You, you don't have um, – well, that's not the only thing, but there's there's – there's uh, premature osteoporosis, memory problems, permanent loss of sexual sensation, anxiety disorders, obesity, uh, testicular cancer in males, arrested genitalia development, uh, brain swelling, vision loss, to name just a few of the problems, okay? Uh, the uh, puberty blocker named Lupron. In fact, Lupron, Lupron is, is what is, it, that's the name of the drug used to chemically castrate sexual predators. I don't know where that idea came from, but, you know, apparently it's a drug, and apparently it's used on sexual predators. I don't know if it's, if, they, if that's forced on them by the government or whether they choose to, to take it themselves. I do not know, but that's the drug that's one of the puberty blockers that is being administered to young children who are not of age. They're not making this decision themselves. They've got... They've got uh, They've got uh, peer pressure from their peers. They've got parents who go along with it. They've got doctors. They've got psychologists that are pushing them 
into this gender change. They've got transgenders who are pressuring them to, to change their gender, to, to go through this regimen. And it's just, it's just criminal. And, and I, might, I, I have to say here, Sam, that mental disorders are, are almost always temporary. Mental health disorders are almost always temporary. Up to 88% of females and 98% and of males resolve and identify as their biological sex by adulthood. So regardless of what feelings they might think they feel as adolescents and teenagers, nine, nine out of 10 females who try to become males and 98 out of 100 males who try to become females, by the time they reach adulthood, they have resolved their identity as what they were born with. So males stay males and females re return to be females in high, high, high numbers. Now, furthermore, Sam, there's no evidence that the administration of puberty blockers, of cross-sex hormones, of chemical castration, or of mutilating surgeries has resulted in fewer suicides, right? I mean, that's one of the excuses that these yahoos will give you as to why they're pushing people to change their gender. They say, oh, he's a, he's a man trapped in a woman's body. He's gotta, he feels like he needs to, you know, uh, you know, to be a woman. And, uh, and so it'll result in fewer suicides. But that's not true. That's, that's, that's a myth. You know, people who get these, they, these um, surgeries, they tend to have just as many suicides as those who don't. So um, it's, it's, not, it's not the right way to go. In fact, uh, the, uh, the Utah Republican Party met last Saturday, Sam. Um, the Central Committee of that party met. It's a 180-member committee. And we took up a pair of resolutions um, opposing these gender changes on minors. And uh, both resolutions were considered. There were, there were two resolutions. One was really brief. And, um, and in fact, I'll just say what is just one sentence long. It says, the Utah Republican Party calls on Republicans in the legislature to, uh, no, that was the other one. That's the longer one. The shorter one is even shorter. It says this. The Utah Republican Party fully supports the banning of affirmation surgeries, hormone therapy, and puberty-blocking procedures for the purpose of elective gender transitioning on minors. We stand behind all of our elected officials in their efforts against these harmful and irreversible procedures being performed on Utah's children, end of quote. That was the entire resolution. Now, if you, and, and it received nearly unanimous support by, I think there were only two out of 100 members voted against it. If you would like to add your name to a petition asking legislature to ban gender change on minors, then you can visit the Utah Republican Party website, utgop.org, pull down the About menu, choose Resolutions, and then click on the resolution that's entitled Resolution on Protecting Those Most Vulnerable. And you can sign that resolution. There's, uh, as of last night, uh, you know, scores of people who are signing that resolution, so I would encourage you to do that as well. Sam, it's a serious and sobering topic, but it's one we have to meet head on. We've got to protect our children here in the state of Utah and folks outside of Utah. You've got to protect the children in your state. Otherwise, they're going to they're gonna 
start messing. They're going to be deceived, themselves. and it's irreversible, ladies and gentlemen, is the bottom line. Yep. It will absolutely destroy lives for everybody involved, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Lowell has a resolution. He went to a uh, SCC meeting uh, quickly in Utah. You were there. What? Give us a quick 30-second. Yeah, it's a quarterly meeting. There's 180 members of the committee, and about 100 of them were there at the meeting, in the meeting. That's where we considered two resolutions. The first resolution was very brief. The second resolution discussed the why we're opposed to gender reassignment surgeries and to cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers and stuff like that. And all of that is up on the website, the Utah Republican Party website. Finally, we've got something worth reading on that website, and uh, I encourage you to go there, utgop.org, and uh, pull down the About menu, choose Resolutions, and then click on the resolution that's entitled Resolution on Protecting Those Most Vulnerable, and uh, you can sign the resolution right there. You can add your name to the list and, um, and help to oppose the, the use of puberty-blocking hormones and other things that tend to mess up a person's body. The yeah. whole point, the reason I wanted to bring up the meeting piece and specifically and re- kind of circle back and mention it again, I want people to understand this is where the leadership begins, ladies and gentlemen. That's why Campaign for Liberty is so brilliant and so valuable in what they do, along with others that are involved in precincts and other meetings related to parties. These are where either the damage is done or the solutions are found. You just got to be there and understand it and learn about it and get involved in it and report on it and a whole lot more so that we, the people, can have our views known, not be left out of the debates or the discussions, uh, and most importantly, preventing the problems and advocating for the solutions. Lil Nelson, thank you so much, sir. You're welcome, Sam. Good to be with you. All right. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, campaignforliberty.org doing a phenomenal job. Scott Bradley with freedomsrisingsun.com, previous hour. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the republic.